There's never been a more important time to ensure your immune system is operating at its peak. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a new natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients together. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility. For more information and order, call 888-841-7216. That's 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. I hope you're uh, enjoying these podcasts. A lot of people find them informative. Uh, radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions via email. And um, so what's our next question, Layla? We've got this from Jane. Uh, my 29-year-old daughter had the J&J, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which is a one-dose vaccine, in the beginning of March, I know that this is beyond the time period that the CDC is recommending watching for symptoms of blood clots, but in your opinion, is this accurate? My question is, what happens once a vaccine enters your body? Does the adenovirus vector that we keep hearing about dissipate so that it can no longer do harm, or does it stay in the body? Um, okay, so your, your daughter hmm. is just in the age group where we saw something called uh, VIIT, vaccine-induced immune thrombocytopenia, uh, which is a, um, a devastating problem. Uh, it causes uh, blood clots to form in the cavernous sinus of the brain. And uh, there have been some deaths. And the usual treatment for blood clots is contraindicated. Giving heparin actually makes it worse, which they figured wow. out. And now the treatment for it is to give immunoglobulins. And it occurs um, it occurs very rarely. It may occur, you know, one in uh, 25,000 cases, or, you know, maybe there's some unreported, you know, people who don't realize they have blood clots. They don't actually get medical attention. So it may be as high as 1 in 10,000, but still that's a very, very low risk. Um, and it occurs most often in women 30, 40, you know, in that age group. Um, it was not associated with taking birth control pills, which I suspected at first, you know, birth control pills increase the risk for blood clots, but it did not, I think only in the initial uh, cohort of women evaluated for this, I think only one in, one in eight had that risk. Mm -hmm. um, so it usually develops within a few days. It doesn't develop, you know, right the day of the vaccine, but within a few days it develops. And if if you've gone several weeks or months and you haven't developed it, uh, it's not likely you're going to develop it, right? There you go. Yeah. So, you know, uh, plenty of people got the J&J &J vaccine. They obtained the protection. It was convenient. Uh, it was one shot. Um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there's a little bit of an anomaly because uh, recently eight Yankees, I think it was nine Yankees, uh, had to be sidelined because they tested positive for COVID. Mm. Well, all the Yankees received the J&J vaccine, I guess for convenience, you know, just to go with a sure. one shot deal. Jack. Yeah. Uh, but the entire, you know, all the players, all the coaches, all the staff had the J&J vaccine. And so what's happening there? And they got COVID? Well, only one was slightly symptomatic. It was like a very mild cold. The rest were asymptomatic. So what it speaks to is, uh, you know, when they show statistics of like, oh, people got vaccinated and then they got it again. Um, what's really happening there? Do they have it or did they just harbor it? And in a lot of settings, um, you get tested all the time. You know, like the White House staff gets tested all the time. The the uh the, you know, the, the players sure. in, in the NBA and MLB, Major League Baseball, they get tested all the time, every day. And so um, what does it mean when they test positive? Is it even reasonable to keep testing every day if you've been vaccinated? Because we don't know if that's communicable or transmissible, uh, if it's consequential at all. Because in most cases, it doesn't result in infection. Now, the J&J vaccine, a little less effective than the uh, Moderna and the Pfizer, but still uh, confers substantial protection against getting really sick or dying. Yeah. Almost, that's almost it's unheard over 60%. of. Yeah, yeah, well over 60%. But then what does it mean when you, quote, get it? it you might... It might not Shouldn't be, be really consequential. Yeah, it it it, it, That's yeah, again, the point. it, it argues for yeah. like, you know, why are we doing all this testing? Is this is it helping? Uh, same thing happened to um, I think it was Kyrie Irving on the Nets. Uh, I, he had covid and he took the vaccine, but then for a while he tested positive. Um, you know, it happened to Glaber Torres as well. You know, one of the Yankees players. Uh, so. You know, is it meaningful? We don't know that those positivities. Yeah. And are they being tested via PCR test? Right, which is that can really have false positive, false sensitive, negative. very sensitive, very sensitive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, so I, Jay, I've got I've got yeah. some I got uh, I read something else. It's, uh, yeah. Tips on how to know. If you get COVID, you know, if you get COVID, the best possible thing is, you know, it's going to, hopefully it's going to be a mild case and you can stay home and it'll be like an ordinary cold or flu and it'll be over in a few days. But uh, occasionally, and, you know, when you're looking at tens of millions of people, substantial numbers of people uh, start to get into that phase where like, this is like the worst thing I've ever had. So do I go to the hospital or shall I tough it out at home? And so they did a study like how do you what determines your risk for serious COVID and whether you should go to the hospital and temperature had nothing to do with it. So you could, you know, it's like fever had no correlation with severity. Um, loss of smell actually is prognostically a good sign because it usually is more associated with milder COVID, um, you know, bodily aches and pain, blah, 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 blah. OK, um, two things. Respiratory rate. Um, 
you know, you're a yogi breather, uh, Layla. Mm-hmm. You do yoga. Um, mm-hmm. So what's a respiratory rate? You're in touch with your breathing. So what, what do you think uh, in a minute, you know, maybe 11, 12, you know, per minute, breaths per minute, even less when you're in a relaxed state, right? Even less. Even less when you're relaxed. Right. Seven, eight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you go like above 20, if you're like 20, 22, that's like. <sighs> yeah. You know, that's when that signals trouble. So that's a simple test that doesn't require instrumentation. Just, you know, a start, you know, look at your second hand on the watch and look at how many breaths per minute. And if it's above a certain level, I think it's 20 or 22, um, that you're at risk. And the other one is you get those pulse ox things that measure your oxygenation. I think everybody's and, buying those now. And those are great to have. And so find out what your baseline is. Mine's like 97, 98, which is, you know, a healthy, normal person. Um, and you you look at the departure from your baseline. Um, if, you, if you're like 91 or 92, even though that's sufficient for surviving you know you can do okay on that that's a bad sign and if you as you see it deteriorate that's information that you can share with your doctor online or on a, in a phone call and he or she can make a determination of whether they want to meet you in the emergency room um, because uh, things can go downhill fast with COVID mm-hmm I, I was okay. reading an article about, uh, you know, it's like a Hollywood gossip thing, but it was like Selma Hayek, you know, Selma Hayek, right? Yeah. The actress, the Mexican actress. Um, I loved her in Frida and she's been in many other movies. Oh, that was a great movie. She she had fair, fairly serious COVID and at, at I, she claims to be 40, I think. Um, and she... Uh, she had a very, very serious case of COVID, and she still, you know, months later has not entirely recovered from it. She has that uh, long COVID kind of thing. She needs some IV vitamin C. Yeah, I mean, she's plenty, got plenty of access to, uh, you know, holistic doctors out there in Hollywood. But, right. you know, hopefully she gets, you know, she's, she's already filming and she's got a lot of projects, so she can't be too bedraggled at this point. But she had a, she was kind of a long uh climb back out of that Hmm. all right well jane um best of luck to your daughter and you likely don't have to worry as much and thank you for your email good point which is a good time yeah uh, yeah exactly you and i are on the same page uh good time to pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share a vital message with you so here it goes This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells, restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years, and now the 45-day money-back guarantee you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to questions. 
What's next, Layla? Uh, this comes from Carrie. Hello, is there any link between collagen and breast cancer? I was recently told by a friend that her doctor advised her not to take it because of this. I personally take a marine collagen supplement daily, and I'm very confused and concerned. So, Dr. Hoffman, when we got this question, I took a look, and I found something on PubMed. Uh, it's about a collagen, uh, an important um, marker to be looked at in future for a possible, you know, pharmaceutical uh, uh, intervention, mm -hmm. a cellular expression mm -hmm. of COLIA1 or COL1A1 mm -hmm. type of collagen. Could, could, do, could, prom could promote some breast cancer metastases. So it may be a good prognostic biomarker. Mm hmm and a potential uh, therapeutic agent. Right. Well, okay, so, so, so that does not uh, suggest that taking collagen by mouth has anything no. to do with that. Uh, here, no. so let, me, let me explain how that works. Is there's, um, uh, you know, I was actually, uh, you know, glancing at a, at a statement, you know, from uh, which I, I never really look at, but I was really bored. So I was reading a statement that my uh, stockbroker sends out, you know, and it's, it's like, you know, which industries are hot industries to invest in? So I don't know. I just, you know, I'm just in basically a, a like a, a grab bag of, of stocks. I, I let professionals make the well, decision for me. Yeah, right. Diversified portfolio, very conservative. I don't do anything. I don't dabble in it. Um, but th there was this thing about the liquid biopsy industry. And the liquid biopsy industry, what that means is um, looking – for cancer with a blood test and drawn out some blood and looking for circulating tumor cells are looking for um, metabolites that might suggest the presence of active cancer. And it's, it's, they say it's going to be a multi-billion dollar industry. And so getting on the ground floor, because the, you know, the, the, they're trans, they're, they're translating the science into practical tools to, assess whether you're going to, your cancer's coming back. And, and that's a really valuable yes. thing because, you know, you get treated for cancer and they say, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you know, go for CAT scans. But it may be that early on, uh, the cancer is starting to grow and it's still invisible. So it'd be nice to know, you know, is your cancer cured? Oh, whew, you know, I got a clean bill of health. I, you know, I can, you know, start another page in my life. Or are there, uh, metabolites, uh, which are suggestive of, uh, cancer return. And so, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that since collagen is the scaffolding for cells, that certain collagens may be expressed to a high degree when cancer is active. That doesn't mean that taking collagen is going to cause cancer or you know, enable cancer to come back and metastasize. Now, what did that doctor yes. say? What did the doctor say? Uh, this is a friend that a her friend. doctor advised her Mm -hmm. Not to take it because of this. Okay. Well, let me let me just that's say all. that's dumb. That's dumb. Yeah. Because it it's just you know, look. It's easy to tell a patient not to take supplements. You know, most doctors believe that supplements are crap anyway. So they you know they hear people are taking things and they go, well, no, you have cancer, so don't take that. You know, I read somewhere right. in a journal about collagen. Okay, but that right. but that is exactly. not scientific. That's not scientific. No. I mean, so. 
you know, we could talk a little bit about the benefits of collagen. Collagen may be helpful for the joints. Collagen may be helpful for the skin. Um, hair, skin, and nails. Yeah, right? Connective tissue, yeah. And listen, since when is chicken soup bad? Yeah. When right. is bone broth bad? Are you kidding? Should we all stop eating food? Chicken, That's where the chicken soup causes is. cancer. Can cause cancer. Chicken soup causes, yes. <laughs> right. Chicken soup causing breast cancer? I don't think so. No. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's 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 a bit ridiculous. Ashkenazic yeah. Jewish women get a lot of breast cancer. You know, maybe it's that chicken soup with the matzo balls. It's chicken soup, with yeah. The, yeah, yeah. We don't know. No, okay. no, no. So, Carrie, Carrie, even if you're concerned about taking a supplement, by the way, anybody who's taking anybody who asks me, Doctor Hoffman, about collagen supplements, I'm like, yeah. yes, that's fine. But did you know where where the collagen is in your food? And we have a long discussion. And it really blows me away each time that they realize that all that chicken skin they kept throwing away because of oh, all that fat. Yeah, yeah. There's the collagen. Yeah. Next time you're making, you're roasting some chicken thighs in the oven or a, ch- or a chicken breast or whatever, the roast chicken. Do you like the skin? Eat it. The collagen Absolutely. is there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. you know, the other way to get the collagen, and as you well know, is, yes. uh, you know, I, I really uh, industrially process my, my chicken. I, I, buy, I, I cook a chicken uh, or I buy a chicken, hopefully organic, uh, you know, natural, and, you know, then I eat it. And then I, yes. I keep a crock pot uh, on and I just I throw the bones in the crock pot and I there get a delightful go. broth. And that can be the base for another soup. You know, I, there's Absolutely. many, many uh, imaginative soup recipes you can make if you have some fresh broth or you can drink the broth straight if you want. It's a nice. Uh, drink the broth. I often tell people drink a, a mug of broth every day. You're getting a beautiful supply of collagen. Mm-hmm. And you're getting any calcium that's leaching from the bones from the carcass. You're getting that in the broth as well. And this is all good for the GI tract. Too. Yes, very protective of the GI tract. So yeah. anyway, that, that's the story on collagen. And, and it's just nonsense to think that uh, you're going to make your cancer worse by taking collagen. It's nonsense, utter nonsense. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay, this comes from Martin. Dr. Hoffman, I'm a 73-year-old male, and I'm concerned about the increasing amount of sleep my body seems to need. For the past six months, I've noticed myself getting tired more often and wanting to sleep at times during the day. I feel fine. All my vitals are good. I exercise with weights three days per week, and I walk all the other days. I'm six feet tall and 175 pounds. That's great. I sleep between eight and nine hours every night, and I take a 30-minute nap after lunch. I'm worried I may fall into the trap of getting too much sleep. The only meds I take are my inhaler for my asthma and first-stage COPD. Should I be concerned, and is there something I'm overlooking? Well, you know, to to be technically correct about this, you know, this would be someone we would see in evaluation and do a lot of tests on, you know, do a very complete history uh, and find out if there are any underlying problems. You know, in an aging male, it might be a decline in androgens. Uh, there might be some critical deficiencies of certain nutrients in spite of the fact that you take you know, most, many of the right vitamins. Um it could be an adrenal problem. Uh, it could be uh, not a problem. I mean, it could just simply be, you know, you have a, you're a long sleeper. You have you require sleep. Um, I uh, you know prize my sleep. I think sleep is really part of my therapeutic regimen because you know I do a lot during the daytime. My mind is very active. My body is very active, and you know sleep affords a repair 
uh, opportunity. Uh, food allergies, food intolerances, microbiome-related issues. Um, you know, it kind of harkens back to my uh, book that I wrote in 1990, which is tired all the time. There's many different uh, yes. aspects to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, right. I, I recently... Um, you know, I, I got a, I wrote that article about uh, fatigue a couple of weeks ago in the newsletter, and um, uh, I got a um, uh, a question from one of my uh, high school buddies, and uh, he he's very athletic and does a lot of the right things, but he's tired, and he's mm. increasingly tired, and you know he wanted my opinion, so I said, look, let me just jump on the line with you, and you know it's like for good time's sake, you know, let me just talk to you, and. Uh, I, I, what I notice is a lot of his posts on Facebook are about um, his um, uh, wine tasting exploits. You know, he's a uh, he's, he's now achieved a, a sommelier uh, certification. He's a wine connoisseur. And wow! But what we determined was he's drinking a lot of wine. <laughs> he's drinking a lot of wine. That'll make you tired. And so you know, I suggested. He said. He's fine. He's willing to try it. He's not an alcoholic, but you know, it. Especially as you get older, you know, your tolerance for it may may decline. So you know, we That's recommended true. some of the energy enhancing uh, supplements. You know, things like um, NT Factor and uh, uh, Ubiquinol, and of course nicotinamide riboside. And um, yeah. you know, I'm hoping that just some minor tweaks. You know, and he'll start to right. experience. And, you know, the other thing is. Um, He's putting on weight, you know, uh, when he was a track star, he was, uh, you know, like 150 pounds. Now he's like 190 pounds. You know, it happens as you age, even though he's very active. Um, and I said, you know. Uh, drinking wine doesn't help any of that. Well, it's very permissive of, of eating a lot. It, it tends to. Yes, it's an insulin trigger. And yeah. often having a couple of drinks for many people is the gateway to eat more food. Yeah. Eat more dinner than you were thinking that you were hungry for. And the other thing that happens is any any amount of alcohol, even a little bit, for many people, robs sleep. Yes. It causes that dip in blood sugar during mm-hmm. the night, and that causes cortisol to come up, and then bang, we're awake. Right. And wide awake for seemingly no good reason. And what else is that cortisol doing? It's packing on fat. It's putting us into fat storage mode. Yep. Because Mother Nature thinks there's something going on, there is some kind of a, some kind of a stress to be concerned about, right. and let's pack on the fat so we have enough stores. Mm-hmm. Wine is often a problem. Any alcohol is often a problem for this, and especially as we get older, yeah, it just is. Unfortunately, yeah, the, more, is. the more I you know think about, I mean I, I I'm not a, a teetotaler, haven't been a teetotaler. Uh, you know, this uh, weekend coming up, you know, I'll be with the family, and you know, I might have a beer. Um, but, you know, the more I think about it, you know, the older I get, the less important it becomes. Now, I'm not saying this is applicable to this questioner. I don't know what his uh, alcohol intake is, but I suspect it's not very high. Um, but I'm just giving you an example of, you know, how sometimes small tweaks uh, can make a difference, you know. But sometimes um, getting an evaluation, going through a systematic checklist, uh, even if it's could be something relatively obvious. It may not be obvious to you um, yeah. that, uh, you know, this could be undermining your your optimal performance. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Martin, thank you for that question. 
And I, and, think, you know, uh, I think we're sort of uh, waning in terms of our time, unless there's a question we can just jump on and answer really quickly. Um, there might be. Okay. Regarding, and this is from Michael, mm-hmm. uh, regarding Dr. David Minkoff's Perfect Aminos product and theory, yep. which he discussed on your show recently. He's, by the way, he's the, uh, the, the uh, septuagenarian uh, Ironman triathlete. Uh, he's a physician, wow. and, uh, you know, he really is amazing and he uh you i interviewed him because he has he he really conducts in his life like a science fair project you know uh looking at uh, (laughs) nutrition and looking at sleep and looking at blood sugar he's on a very low glycemic uh diet uh he wears a continuous glucose monitor uh takes his own specially formulated uh mix of amino acids called but perfect something uh perfect aminos perfect aminos yeah. yeah And, yeah. uh, you know, attributes his performance to, you know, all the things he's doing. It's hard to separate out all the things that he's doing. Uh, I mean, also, he's a guy who I think is naturally athletically endowed because he's been a lifelong uh, athlete. Um, you know, so the question is, is that superior to way? Well, go ahead with that question. Well, yeah. Um, Michael says he claims that his perfect aminos is superior to whey protein and other protein sources in terms of bioabsorbability, utilization, and other criteria. Also, that it provides energy and other benefits not provided by whey. But Michael is asking, what say you? I know that you are extremely polite to the people you interview <laughs> and thus are reluctant are reluctant to criticize their assertions. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I admit You're a nice to, a guy, fault, to a fault, to a fault. I mean, look, I'm not going to go, you know, on the like, that's crap. I'm not going to, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, look, I've, it, I, I don't have direct experience with it. I wanted him to have a forum to put out the information. I mean, yes, he's got a vested interest in promoting his products. Um, but, um, you, you know, the, uh, whey has a lot of benefits. Whey is rich in the precursors to glutathione in particular. Yes. So um, it has branched chain uh, amino, amino acids. It is, you know, pretty nice. Uh, but, you know, can it be improved on? Um you know, it's it's hard to say. It's it's sort of a, a lot of people have tried the uh, perfect aminos and, and they like them. Um, you know, I will say this is that among athletes, uh, there's a tendency to like what works for you, and uh, so yes. and a lot of it is, you know, sheer. It's it's not about the supplements. It's about discipline and it's about judicious training and determination. Uh, to stay in shape, and you can stay in shape well into your seventies and perhaps eighties to you know perform athletically. I hope to do that myself. Um, I'm uh, eyeing some triathlons this summer uh, now that uh, the season is open because I really feel you know this winter uh, has been a very active winter for me, so I feel like I'm in good shape. Um, anyway, um, so you know I think that that settles it on you know try try it, see if it works. You know, compare it. Uh, side by side to your usual way. Here's the thing, though. I have to say, um, in general, I, I don't I don't use a lot of these protein supplements, even though I exercise a lot. Um, however, I'm not an Ironman triathlete. I just don't want to make the time commitment to train. You know, like you know, forty hours a week. Um, right. You know, I think that's that's a little bit obsessive, and um, you know, it it can lead to uh, injury and body breakdown, very high levels. Um, 
so I don't I don't use protein supplements for my exercise. I eat mm-hmm. a fair amount of protein. I make sure I I have yeah. dietary protein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dietary protein. Yeah. It's you know I tell people you know when you leave the gym don't have a yogurt and a banana. First of all, you're killing the human growth hormone afforded you by that beautiful exercise you just did because now you just ate sugar, right? Right. right. With that yogurt and that banana. Especially Instead, go sh- eat sugary lunch. yogurt. That is, I mean, with all the, the added sugar. Yeah. Right. Right. Go eat your lunch. It could be grilled chicken on a salad. It could be some leftover salmon from dinner. It could be whatever a good mm-hmm. source of protein like that. Way mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the protein requirement is a little higher for people who exercise a lot, and especially for, uh, you know, weightlifters and uh, people who do a lot of resistance exercise. But, I mean, there are some studies that suggest that, uh, especially for very older people who are having sarcopenia, uh, yes. that uh, the, the formula is, is strength training with resistance plus some additional protein, which you can get from diet. Yes. But sometimes uh, older people with sarcopenia, they just don't tolerate that much you know, meat, 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 you know, protein, protein. Exactly. So they take from a, my, from a my drink. patients who I'm afraid of or, or, or sarcopenia is starting to become apparent, I like to give them the added protein supplement for mm-hmm. that reason. And what or do you favor? Or if they're simply not taking in enough calories. What do you favor? What, what, uh, what? I like whey protein. Okay. Mm-hmm. I also like egg protein. Mm-hmm. And for my vegetarian vegan uh, patients, the P, the, you know, the, uh, the hemp protein is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pea and rice protein, because hemp is a complete protein. Mm-hmm. I stay away from soy because mm-hmm. soy is problematic for thyroid, possibly estrogen. So, yeah, yeah. Good. All right. Well, uh, we've exceeded our, our time limit a little bit. Thank you, folks, for hanging on. Um, next week, we'll be back with more of our weekly Q&A with Layla. Keep those questions coming. They're great questions. Radio program at AOL.com, the destination for questions. And thanks, Layla. And everybody out there, have a great Memorial Day. Do something healthy on your Mm -hmm. behalf. Get out there. Get some sun. Get some sun. Enjoy yourself. Uh, Enjoy the easing of the lockdown. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your healthcare.